0: Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. After Eau Claire's weekly folk dancing night a few weeks back, I wandered into the Acoustic Café to hear a little live music by a band called February Sky. On stage were Susan Urban and Phil Cooper, along with a number of instruments, including something called a courting dulcimer, an Appalachian two-person instrument where the people sit facing with knees almost touching. Susan and Phil demonstrated it for me after the performance. One thing led to another, and I started to get to know these former Chicagoan musicians who are now denizens of small-town Upper Peninsula, Michigan. They play a wide range of traditional, modern, and original folk and Celtic tunes on guitars, banjos, citerns, dulcimers, and other instruments. Their schedule was such that the first opportunity to interview them was after their return to the UP, as the Upper Peninsula is commonly called, where they were able to use the landline of a nearby bar just before opening time. So Susan Urban of February Sky joins us by phone from the UP of Michigan. Susan, I'm so grateful you're able to join us today for Song of the Soul.
1: All right.
2: Well, thank you very much, and uh, I'm glad to be here.
0: Let's talk a little bit about where you're talking from. You're not at home there in the UP where you live, but you're somewhere a place called Trout Lake, and you're at Buckhorn Tavern?
2: That's correct. Trout Lake is the town where we live, uh, 300 people on a good day. And the Buckhorn is a tavern that is almost next door to us that has the best hamburgers anywhere.
0: And if it's a town of 300, are there a lot of performing possibilities for February sky around Trout Lake and the neighboring communities?
2: Well, there's not much of anything in Trout Lake itself, although that may change because we had a new lodge open this summer, and I don't think that they have had time to get themselves together yet, but it's a remodeled building from the early 1900s, and I think folk music would fit into that perfectly, but I think maybe next year will be a better time when they're more organized, but in the general area, you know, within a... 50-mile radius, yeah, during the summer, there's lots of opportunities to perform, and we took full advantage of that this year.
0: Well, I think you've been doing music something like 30 years, and I don't know if this is just you, Susan Urban, or if this is you and Phil Cooper as well. Uh, How long has your partnership been? How long has your music been? How did it start?
2: Well, our partnership is over 30 years at this point, but for the first, oh, Uh, Up until 2007, we were basically doing it either, well, Phil had a long-term partnership with a woman named Margaret Nelson, and they did mainly traditional music, and they had a trio with another woman named Kate Early that they did for a number of years, too. When it looked like in 2007 or so, like we were looking at moving to the UP, and I had several other partnerships, most of mine were not as, well, none of them were as long-lived as any of Phil's. And I did do a lot of solo work during that time, too, when I didn't have someone available who was crazy enough to want to go gallivanting off to low-paying folk music gigs every weekend.
0: (laughs) And are you a couple?
2: Yes, we are married to each other. We got married in 2013 when we uh, ditched the day jobs and moved up here. Uh, I spent an afternoon researching the pros and cons of being married versus not being married. And uh, Phil picked me up at the train station that day, and we'd been talking about a domestic partnership. And I looked at him and I said, "God oh, darn it, dear, we got to get married." <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> means a little something a little different at that age than it does when you're eighteen. So,
0: well, let's get started on your music again. You're Susan Urban. You perform with Phil Cooper, and together you're February Sky. I think you've got, well, something, at least five CDs out there together, five recordings.
2: Yes, that's correct. Working on a new one, too.
0: And I notice that you've been doing this since, I think, your first collective CD came out, February Sky 2008.
2: That's correct, yeah. We didn't know what we were doing, but, <laughs> we, but we did it anyway.
0: And so you've been turning them up pretty quick since then. Something about retiring from the day job makes this possible.
2: Yeah, well, we uh, did the first three, I think. Yeah, we were still doing the day job then. It was actually easier in some ways because our recording engineer is in the Chicago area and we're still recording with him because not like we couldn't find someone else up here, but we'd have to retrain them. And we don't have to do that with the one we work with, because we walk in and he knows what we sound like and what kind of setup we need and what kind of results we want, and it's just easier. And we're down there often enough so we can set up sessions with him.
0: Well, let's get started on your music for your song, Of the Soul. What's Susan Urban's first song?
2: Anne-Marie St. Clair.
0: And is this a real person? Uh, Is this someone you know, knew of, or what?
2: No, I'm mostly a fiction writer. What happened was I was, there's a beautiful stretch of highway between St. Ignace and a little town called Nobinway up here in the UP. It runs along Lake Michigan, like it says in the song, and it's gorgeous country, rocky cliffs going down to white sandy beaches, beautiful trees and pines and dunes. And I stopped in the middle of that stretch of highway at a little diner and had my breakfast, and when I came out, there was a white cross on the highway across the street, one of those ones that's often placed to mark the spot where someone's died in a car accident, and it was right in front of a bar, and this story came to me as I was driving the other 20 miles to Nobinway, and it turned itself into a song sometime later, and when we moved up here, apparently there actually is such a haunting I have no idea what the person's name was or is, but you never know what you're tapping into when you get these stories that come to you out of seemingly nowhere.
0: Well, we're going to start off Song of the Soul for Susan Urban today. It's from February Sky. That's Susan and Phil together. From February Sky's latest recording, Silver Wolf Moon, released in 2018. Get Ready to Get Haunted on the Upper Peninsula of Michigan by Anne-Marie St. Clair. There's
3: 40 miles of high- Run beside Lake Michigan That restless inland sea They're haunted by a girl who died and she was young and fair Her age no more than sweet 16 and marie St. Clair The year was 57 in the balmy month of May Anne-Marie was cruising In her daddy Chevrolet Her boyfriend wore a suit of black And she was all in white A gentle rain was falling On that misty, starless night had no lights on when it pulled out from the bar She She never never knew what hit her when it crashed into her car Her sweetheart lived to tell the tale but Anne-Marie was was dead The drunken man who hit them suffered bruises To his head If you're driving in the dark Between the Straits and Northern Way Be sure your stone-cold sober If you love the light of day If not the smiling blue-eyed ghost Of Anne-Marie St. Clair They send you to your maker in her fifty six The Saint Clairs laid their dear to rest, her killer they forgave. Smiling gently from her grave But once or twice each year They find some driver plastered stiff Who died by swerving off the road And plunging down the cliffs A single set of skid marks At the scene is ever found, no evidence at all of any other cars around, a few survivors claim they saw this ancient Chevrolet, the lights came out of nowhere and it was headed straight their way. Trapless, snow white dress They whisper, was it Anne-Marie? The old ones answer yes Now some will say it's vengeance Some will say it's only right But I just say be careful
0: When you're drinking
3: late at night Dark between the Straits and Auburn Way Be sure you're stone cold sober If you love the light of day If not, the smiling blue-eyed ghost Of Anne-Marie St. Clair May send you to your maker In her '56. That way.
0: That scary song is Anne-Marie St. Clair. Susan Urban is here today for Song of the Soul. She's of the band February Sky, their website, februarysky.com. And that was from their 2018 CD, Silver Wolf Moon, Anne-Marie St. Clair. And so what do you know about cars? Do you really know what a Chevrolet Bel Air is?
2: Oh, you bet I do. I'm kind of a car aficionado. I don't spend a lot of time going around to car shows, but, yeah, I really like cars. And when I wrote the song, I did some research on the car that is in the song, and it's one of those big, wide, kind of rounded cars. And the 56 does not have the fins. The 57 Bel Air was the first one that had little vestigial fins. And of course, those fins grew to enormous lengths, you know, before <laughs> before it became the 1960s. But the 56 Bel Air does not have that; it has the rounded taillights. And most of them were either two tones, white and tomato red, or white and aqua.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and have you ever owned such a car? <laughs>
2: no, never did. Remember seeing them driving around when I was a kid, but but no. Yeah, I'm not a car collector. We have cars that we use to drive to places and can't afford that. It's an expensive hobby.
0: Again, that song is a ghost song, if you will, but it's got a moral to the story, right? Don't drive drunk.
2: That's right, yeah. Somebody, we always say, you know, we're February sky where it's cloudy all the time. And we were at a house concert one time and somebody said, boy, you guys really are dark after that song. And I said, hey, no drunk driving, no problem, you know. (laughs)
0: the thing about you know once or twice a year some drunk driver goes over the cliff is that a periodic thing up there or is that also made up
2: oh yeah yeah there's a lot of drunk driving in the up and i think people do that because you know there's no traffic and they think they can do it
0: it's scary to think of well let's have some fun by going on to another song what's next susan
2: all right the next one is inner voice shouting this was prompted by the idea that as you get older, again, you tend to learn from experience of hurting people by saying something that wasn't going to do any good. You know, sometimes you have friends or you have acquaintances that you can see that they're, they're messing themselves up, but they're absolutely convinced that what they're doing is right. And if you say something about that to them, They're going to get mad at you and they're going to get hurt and it may ruin the friendship and sometimes you just have to let it go and let them do their thing and find their own lessons out. And I think sometimes when we're younger and more arrogant, we think that our advice is so valuable that even if it isn't going to do any good, we have to speak it. And no, (laughs) sometimes it's better to just shut up, as we said in the song. The way we introduce it is I mentioned that the New Age people are telling us that if we listen to our inner voice, that we'll always go on the right path and never make any mistakes. And Phil's comment on that is, my inner voice is usually saying, shut up, Phil. And (laughs) words to live by.
0: The words are in the song, Inner Voice Shouting by February Sky. And we've got Susan Urban of February Sky here with us today for Song of the Soul. Inner Voice Shouting.
3: You're lunching with an old friend, she's grinning ear to ear She tells you she's in love, the guy is married not to fear He's gonna leave his wife and seven children all for her How tough it is to not say, is your brain made out of fur? There is no situation,
1: so bad or so adverse But a few well-chosen words from you cannot make it worse. So bite your tongue and smile, we know that's hard to do. But speak and you'll regret it, our guarantee to you.
3: Your girlfriend's getting dressed one night to go out on the town. Her outfit's tight and skimpy, though the lady is quite proud. She turns to you and queries, do I look bad in this dress? You nearly speak those fatal words.
1: The answer, dear, is yes. There is no situation so bad or so adverse that a few well-chosen words from you cannot make it worse. So bite your tongue and smile, we know that's hard to do But speak and you'll regret it, our guarantee to you Listen to to that inner inner voice that sounds just like like a gong gong. That voice will always tell you true and never steer you wrong. So when it echoes through your head, you'd better listen up Especially when the message that it's shouting is SHUT UP!
3: Your brother phones you up one day and he is crying so He says his wife has left him for the local tennis pro you summon up your willpower and carefully don't say Good riddance, no big loss there, never, never like her, her anyway There is no your situation, so, up so where bad or so find adverse That, that a few well-chosen words from you, your cannot body's not make so great So you bite your tongue to get and a smile, you know that's just hard like to bomb
1: but spring can really love like it, and a guarantee to you. Listen to that inner voice that sounds just like it' gone. That voice will always tell you true and never steer you wrong. So when it echoes through your head, you'd better listen up. Especially when the message that it's shouting is shut up. Shouting
0: is shut up. Some good advice from the inner voice. Shut up. Inner voice shouting is the song. Susan Urban is here today. She's part of a band, February Sky, website, FebruarySky.com. When we first met, it was at the Acoustic Cafe here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. You and Phil were performing together there and when we met I mentioned that I'm Quaker and you're you you Unitarian Universalist Yes yeah. And a song like Inner Voice Sounding in Quakers so often refer to the inner light or the inner Christ or the inner spirit, because what we do in our meeting for worship is we get quiet and we try and listen for direction from the divine. So I usually have a very, very positive idea about what that inner voice is doing, saying if only I would listened to it. But when is it that you do your best job of listening to the inner voice?
2: Oh, all the time. I mean, it's just so easy to listen to some friend or acquaintance going on and on about, you know, some problem in their life, and, you know, you think to yourself, oh, boy, they're going off in a wrong direction. But uh, you can always tell if they're so determined to stay on that path that there's nothing you can do that's going to help that. I mean, there are also other times when... The inner voice comes along and it does different types of things. Like for a good example, this happens a lot, but a good example is a couple weeks ago, Phil and I were going to make a trip down to Chicago to do, it wasn't for any gigs, it was to do some errands and drop some things off and a recording session. And the primary thing that we were going down there for got canceled and it was like, okay, well, that's only one thing. And then the person that we were going to stay with informed us a few hours later that they weren't able to put us up, and Phil was over in St. Ignace picking up some groceries, and I texted him right away and said, do you think somebody's trying to tell us something here? And he said, well, we'll discuss it when I get home, and we did, and then we decided that we would stay home because we kind of felt like we were being given some guidance here, and then Phil texted our recording engineer, and he was like, oh, well, you know, I'm just as glad that you're not coming because I'm not feeling good, and I've got a church job later that day. And, but we will never know, probably, what the real reason was why we got that kind of guidance. Sometimes you don't.
0: So you're used to tuning into that inner voice.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Phil is just as much that way as I am. I'm very lucky that I don't have one of those partners who will tell you that you're crazy, you know because you have these intuitions that may or may not be correct and you'll never have any definite proof one way or the other
0: Well, my intuition tells me that I should remind folks that they are listening to Song of the Soul. Our website, northernspiritradio.org. On that website, there's all of our guests since 2005, and that's a lot of guests. And so you'll find Susan Urban in this interview with her. She's part of the band February Sky, their website, februarysky.com. You don't have to memorize these things because you can just come to northernspiritradio.org and find all this information linkage, the stations where we're broadcast, and a place to post comments so that we make our communication two-way. Please do get in touch with us. We love hearing from you. There's also a donate button. This full time work supported by you, not by corporations, not by the government. It's because you, the listener, want to make this continue that we're able to keep producing these broadcasts. And remember, there's community radio stations all across the United States carrying wonderful alternative broadcasting. There's some forty stations carrying our programs, but in addition to that, there's thousands across the United States. And they deserve your support because alternative music and alternative news is so ultimately important right now there's about six corporations that own more than 90 percent of the media in this country that is a very narrow doorway and it explains some of the lack of diversity of views and of music and resources that we have so please support your local community radio station and right now i need to get back to some more music from susan urban of february sky what's next Susan?
2: okay next is anna and tim and Anna and Tim is a is an older song of mine and it got started when I had been listening to Vincent 1952 Black Lightning by Richard Thompson because I was in a band at the time where I was trying to learn it and I crossed the border into the UP I was driving up here and put the music away and just decided to be with the place the story started to come to me and I have never written a song in this way ever any other time. It was about four hours from the border to my cabin in a little town called Breivort. The whole song had written itself by the time I got there, and all I had to do was write it down. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Chicago area, there's a neighborhood called Uptown on Chicago's north side, beautiful old stone mansions and it went from a rich people's neighborhood to a slum and now it's a mega rich people's neighborhood where no one can afford to live and the graceland reference is not the place where elvis presley allegedly lies buried but it's the place where many of chicago's dignitaries and many other people lie at peace or not but that's another story And the characters in the story seem very real to me, and I don't know whether they were or not. But I would bet that they were if I had to take a bet on it. But I guess I'll never know for sure.
0: Well, let's listen to the story about Anna and Tim. It's from the recording Goldenrod by February Sky, 2014. Here's Anna and Tim.
3: The Greystone was a showplace with treasures rich and fine Miss Anna was its owner Back in 1929 Tim handed her ten dollars She told him come lay down And afterwards he gazed into her eyes Of amber brown You know this was, was my first, first time in Gosh trouble. I hope I did okay, yeah, okay. You come on back tomorrow, boy That was all that she would say Though she was more than twice his age Tim couldn't keep away And soon the Greystone Mansion Saw young Tim there every day Though Anna's nights were busy Still she found the time for him He'd lie in the evening when the lights began to dim,
1: She said, you keep your money, boy. There's
3: others who can pay. You'll need it for your college. That was all she had to say. She told him, I remember back when I was young and green. I've had to make it on my own Since I was just 14 I'm proud of all I have Because I've earned it free and clear The mobsters, they all hate me Four of them, I have no fear They swear they'll bring their tommy guns
1: And cut me down one day So just
3: you watch your back Boy, that, that was all that she could say. One early winter evening, when the snow was falling hard, Tim found the gravestone empty, so he looked out in the yard. There Anna lay, her lifeblood draining out into the snow. He tried to stop the bleeding. But she told him, darling, now It's much, much too late already Kiss my lips, lips and say adieu There's no one else, else who's lucky boy In all this world but you That she left it all to you The house, the cars, the furniture And lots of money
4: too
1: I don't know why she did it But it's sure your lucky day
3: And Tim just stood
4: there weeping
3: There was nothing he could say Tim grew up and he got married The babies number three He raised them in the house Where Anna's business used to be And in the early evening Tim would watch his children play Upon the very spot Where Anna died that winter's day
1: The years went by
3: The block went went bad bad.
1: The kids said move away This old house means a lot to me. That was all that he would
3: say. There's a double plot in Graceland over where the L trains run. One stone is carved with Anna, just her name and nothing more. The other's marked with Tim and shows his dates of death and birth us lovers sleep together in the earth. If there's a place beyond this world where lovers meet, I pray, their souls are reunited in some new and brighter
4: day,
3: and their love will live forever, now there's nothing more to say.
0: There are relatively few songs out there about the beauties of love with a prostitute, but Anna and Tim is one of them. At least I think that's what she is, because he gives her ten dollars the first time. Yeah, I
2: would I would call her a courtesan, perhaps.
0: Mel, back in 1929, that's a word people probably knew better than today. Yeah.
2: But a, a little higher class, not exactly a streetwalker,
0: Right. You
2: know, had her own house and did not rent out other women, just was doing it by herself and probably charging a good buck for that. But that was a path to being able to make a good living for women in that era. And there weren't that many others. People tend to forget that In the 1920s, I mean, my dad used to tell me about this. He was born in 1912. A night out for the young men would be going to the bar and having a few drinks and then going over to the house of the ladies of the night. That was just what they did, and very different from now.
0: Is such a different time. It's valuable to learn from history, as you say, so the leaf knows it's part of the tree. I also think that that's a function of folk music, is to tell the stories and embed them in a sense, even if you're writing fiction. I think you're writing about true things.
2: Yes. Well, it's like uh, the late great songwriter Dave Carter, and we do a lot of his songs, said all the stories are true. And on some level, we even have a Unitarian service with that title is that there may not be literal truths, but they're different kind of truth that speaks to the human heart and the human mind in a very real and true way.
0: Well, you mentioned Unitarian Universalists that you're affiliated with. I guess you've got something up there as well as down in Chicago, or where has your affiliation been?
2: Well, I was a member of Second Unitarian in Chicago when I lived there for 17 years. Then when I moved out to St. Charles, of course, it was too far away. And at this point, there's a song in the, one of the Unitarian hymnals or songbooks called The Journey is Our Home, and that's what it is for us now. We do not have a home congregation, but we feel each time we come to a new congregation, it feels like coming home because these are like-minded people. The closest congregation to us is 70 miles away in Petoskey. Not a really good road. It's just an awful 70 miles, and it takes forever. It takes about an hour and a half to get there. And the next closest one is in Marquette, Michigan, which is about 140 miles away, and we present for them four or five times a year, mostly for congregations that are smaller and either have no minister or they have a part-time minister.
0: Have you been UU-affiliated all your life?
2: I had Catholic parents that got disaffected with the Catholic Church. Apparently, they took me when I was a baby to have me baptized, and the priest said he couldn't do that because they had been married by a judge rather than in the church. So they were lapsed Catholics, and my mother thought that I should, quote, unquote, learn about God, so she sent me to a Missouri Synod Lutheran Sunday School, and being a questioning child... You know, even at that point, drove the Sunday school teachers nuts <laughs> and uh, did not know about UUism until about the early 80s. Somebody invited me to a songwriting workshop that was happening at Second Unitarian in Chicago, and that was being conducted by the late Ginny Clemens, and I met these three wonderful people there who became good friends and started coming to services, and I was astonished that there could be a church that actually worked like this.
0: Well, that's a cool journey to travel. Let's continue on your Song of the Soul journey. What's next?
2: Okay, Sacagawea, speaking of history. That is how her name was pronounced, they believe, not Sacagawea, as many people pronounce it. She was the woman who guided the Lewis and Clark Expedition. She was given that name. She was a Shoshone woman who was abducted when she was still a young girl by the Hidatsu tribe, and they gave her that name, and it was it meant bird woman, and it was not a compliment. It was not a good thing for a young woman to be very talkative, which Sacagawea was, and they think it was pronounced that way because the Hidatsu language doesn't have a J sound in it, and the reason the song came about was because a friend of mine told me to read a book by the same title. It's actually, the title is, is written Sakajawiya. But she said I should read it to put me in touch with how short a time ago women were chattel. And this is only a little over 200 years ago. And when they got to the end of the expedition, Sakagawiya had a husband who was kind of a jerk and had. Two squaws, most of the time, sometimes three. They weren't actually legally married or anything that like that. He just bought them on trade and had children with them. But he was kind of a jerk. He didn't want to do a whole lot. He ended up having to do a lot, but he kind of had to be forced. But she was the one that did. T- she did things like rescuing valuable supplies when canoes overturned by going down into the water and finding them and bringing them up. And she also protected the expedition from being attacked because the Indians knew that someone traveling with a woman with a baby was not a war party. And Clark had to tell her that he could only pay her husband. He could not pay her because that wasn't legal. So it's, it's a fascinating story, a fascinating character. and There's two versions of how her life ended. One was that she died quite young back in the Hidatsu camp where she spent part of her childhood, but they think that that was probably Charbonneau's other wife, Otter Woman, because uh, Sacagawea had no particular attachment to that place. She did to her Shoshone people, but they kind of rejected her. So they think that she actually was the one who ran away from Charbonneau and lived with the Comanches for quite a while and ended up back a little further north and lived to be quite a ripe old age. So I hope that that story is the true
0: one. The song is Sakagawia. It is from February Sky's latest release, Silver Wolf Moon. We have here today Susan Urban with us for Song of the Soul. Here's a great glimpse of history and putting our own place in history into perspective. Sakagawia.
3: On my desk sits a coin of a bright golden hue. On its face is a mother and her baby too. It was issued the year when the century turned, but nobody uses them now. Chicago we all guided Lewis and Clark on the journey on which those two men did embark. Over three Miles She traveled with them No white men had been there before If it weren't for her They'd have not made it through When the natives saw her And her small child too Then they knew that the white men Had come there in peace And never attacked them at all So how we Owned by a brutal man Who had won her at gambling And so she was his property And though she worked so hard On that long journey west Just a lazy do-nothing Complainer was he At the end of the trip all the men were paid fairly and well. But Chicago we all, for her labors received not one dime. They rewarded her husband with land and with cash, for by law women could not be paid at that time. been only 200 short years since those days When this woman was cheated of earning she made Now there's women as scientists, judges, and cops Their paychecks are made out to them Now there's lots of young women who aren't aware That a short time ago not one woman would dare to be doing the work that they're doing today Five decades have made a big change Yes, we further, further to go. go, we are, are not finished, finished yet. yet But I we wish that Citagoria was here now How may she would, would be that we'd vote and get paid And we, we cannot be owned like a cow, cow. There's a story that goes That are perished young In an Indian village Where she had once lived as a girl But another one goes That she fled from that man And she built a new life For herself in the world And I choose to believe that the happier ending is true. That Chicago, we all found her true love on Comanche land. And she lived to be nearly 100 years old. Now her legend lives on in this coin, in the palm of wine.
0: Not too hard to get a perspective on history by listening to the song Sacagawea, performed here today by Susan Urban of February Sky. She's our guest for Song of the Soul. I'm kind of guessing, Susan, that you are a liberated woman yourself.
2: Oh yeah, I'm an old-fashioned feminist. Yep, you betcha. We substitute teach-up here part-time. And kids often wonder why Phil and I do not have the same last name. And I give the girls the feminist rap about how I know very well that not every woman that takes her husband's name considers herself or he considers her his property. But that was how that started. Some of them are just really amazed to hear that, and they're like, oh, that's what I want to do.
0: Sure. Again, with your music, you and Phil, as February Sky, are doing a lot of education of lessons of the past and future and present. And so let's get one more in for your Song of the Soul. How shall we conclude Susan Urban's Song of the Soul?
2: Okay, well, the last song will be Live Fully, Love Wastefully." And this one was inspired by a really, really amazing human being, John Shelby Spong, a retired Episcopal Bishop of Newark, New Jersey. John Spong was the first person to ordain an openly gay priest into the Episcopal Church. And we had the great privilege of seeing him speaking in Marquette, Michigan on a Saturday night when we were doing a service for the UU Church there the next morning. Out of that came an entire UU service on his teachings and songs that go with his teachings. And I have been surprised how many UUs don't know about him. Some of his views are controversial even to Unitarians. But Unitarians mostly are willing to look at things and, you know, either accept them or discard them as they see fit, but at least to look with an open mind. When he was speaking, he talked about some biblical things and the way he sees them, that they're not to be taken literally, Jewish stories written for Jewish people who knew that. But in the question and answer period after his talk, there were people who asked him some very challenging questions, and I think the one that really sparked interest in me was someone asked him something like how he had become closer to God, and I did not expect his answer to be what it was. It was basically 20 minutes of talking about how he in his own life had overcome racism. He was raised in the South, misogyny, two feminist daughters, and homophobia. That was pretty amazing, and the message there to me was the way you become closer to God is by service to humanity. And one thing that he says over and over again in his writings is that to live a good life, you must live fully love wastefully, and be everything you can be. So that wove itself into a song. The characters in the two first verses are made up based on history. The two women in the last verse are actually the two 90-something-year-old women who got married immediately after gay marriage was made legal. So it's kind of a documentation of how far we've come in 50 or so years, and Definitely an exhortation that we're not going back.
0: And I'm so happy that we're not going to go back in spite of current efforts. Yes. I'd mentioned, by the way, about John Shelby Spong. The first year I was doing my programs, he happened to speak at a national Quaker gathering I go to each year. And he spoke there, and I sat up with him and did, you know, this was in the first three months of starting my Spirit in Action program. I did a 75-minute interview with him. He's so generous, and he writes so well, and he's so insightful. Just what a gift he is. Yes. And it's so wonderful that you're channeling his words through your song, Live Fully, Love wastefully. Again, folks, this is from the Silver Wolf Moon recording. You can find Susan Urban and Phil Cooper, who collectively are known as February Sky, at februarysky.com. The link's on nordenspiritradio.org. Again, with a lot of information, the song list, there's many things that you can consult via our site and listen to all of these interviews, including that one with John Shelby Spong from those many years ago, all of it here on northern Susan, thank you so much for going down to the Buckhorn Tavern in trout Lake to <laughs> find a landline so that we could talk today for song of the soul. And thank you for spreading history and spirit and great stories.
2: Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. I'm hoping that some of this music will cause some healing to happen in people. And Sometimes people don't understand that healing does not only happen through being happy, happy, happy. Sometimes you have to shed a few tears for that to happen. That's what
0: we believe. Well, there's happy and tears in this final song, again by February Sky. The song is Live Fully, Love Wastefully. My appreciation to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on today's program. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Here is Live Fully, Love Wastefully.
3: We're down in Mississippi, back in 1964. A woman of 18 was courted by a college man. The problem was that she was white But he had skin as dark as
4: night
3: Her daddy was a member Of the local Ku Klux Klan They parted ways with tears of anger Bitterness and grief And forty-five long years would pass Before they met again Inauguration in D.C. The startled eyes Oh yes, it's me They married in the springtime With magnolias blooming then Live fully Love wastefully be everything you're capable of being. Despite the hate, despite the fear, companions on our journey. But in the end, the love we leave behind will heal it all. All in pink They taught her how to cook And how to sew And be a mom Though science was her favorite thing The school said no You need a ring She wept the day She wed a civil engineer Named Tom Kids grew up, they all moved out Then Tommy passed away And so she went to Stanford And she earned her PhD A full professor she became With physics papers in her name Sometimes she says I hardly can believe that this is me. Live fully, love wastefully, be everything you're capable of being. Despite the hate, despite the fear, companions on our journey. But in the end The love we leave behind Will heal it all Two women barely twenty Fell quite hopelessly in love In 1944 They had no choice but to pretend They made a home with love and care Just small town roommates living there And everybody wondered Why they never dated men The time it flew so quickly Seven decades passed them by And then at last they married On a sunny day in June Their friends and family happy now So glad it all worked out somehow Although these two decided Not to plan a honeymoon Love wastefully, be everything you're capable of being. Despite the hate, despite the fear, the companions on our journey. Here. But in the end, the love we leave behind will heal it all. in the end, the love we leave behind will heal it all.
0: The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org. Guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.